sure. Wait, hold on before we. Oh. Okay. No, no, we can carry on. Um, got okay. it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, hi, I'm Sony Jean Killebrew, and this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID. The first half of the interview will be for the Zip Code Memory Project, and I'm really excited to interview uh, a Black person from Queens. And so first I'll ask you, what is your ethnicity? So, you know, I identify as Black. Uh, my family um, comes from Jamaica, so I am first-generation born um, Jamaican. Like, I'm Jamaican-American, you know, so I'll say I'm Black, I will identify as American, but also Jamaican-American as well. And where in Queens um, are you from? I grew up in, ironically, um, Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> no, no relation. No, it's not, you know, like it's, it's, it's a melting pot all its own. Um, and yeah, so I grew up in, in South Jamaica, Queens. Okay. And um, did you sadly know someone who lost their life during the pandemic? I did. I do. I, um, I, I, I'll say the first first-hand content, right? It's always about like your first point of contact. So I lost two people during COVID, um, not due to COVID, but two people. Um, the first person I lost literally was um, a week after the shutdown. Um, so I lost my grandfather. Um, he, he had Alzheimer's and he was declining. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, like right, right before everything shut down, he had to be hospitalized and, um, you know, like a week into it. Um, so that was, that was, that was trying and tough because, um, you know, my grandfather, I mean, my grandmother and he were married for, I think at that point, was it 55 years, 58 58 years. I'm forgetting the number of it because it's like, how long was he lucid? Like, how when was he like good? And then, you know, then he started to the last few years were on the decline. But um, um, point is like a lifetime together. Um, so, you know, the funeral was tough. And then she, of course, she is an elderly woman. You know, she's 70 and change and also high risk. So um, that was tough because she had to go to the hospital. We were all saying, no, no, no. But how can you tell her not to go and and be with, you know, her life partner. So um, first time you did the whole um, funeral, the virtual funeral thing. Um, my cousin, my cousin um, was there and like, what did we use? Did we use Facebook Live? It might've been something like that. So, which I wasn't prepared for. I was like in the middle of my work day and then I answered the call and I was like, oh, here we go. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not working now. That's fine. Um, my father at the time, that's his, his father, basically um my father is on dialysis um and not only that at the time he was sick and we were all suspicious of what he could be sick with which later ended up being COVID but um my father at the time it was his dialysis period so he couldn't even stream it um and he also was sick so he definitely couldn't stream it you know and so only a few people could be there for my grandmother so that was one and so that was, yeah, you know, you, that, yeah, I'm not sure what else there is to say about that most immediately. I mean, you know, we check in with my grandmother, even to this day, obviously it's very fresh. We just hit the two year mark of, you know, the shutdown in a week or so, it'll be a two year anniversary of his passing and it's still tough and everything. So, so there's that, yeah.
yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other pieces to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a storyteller, so I can carry on and tell yeah. you. No, thank you. I'm sorry um, for your loss, but thank you for sharing yeah. that. So now, the second piece, um, the second person I lost, um, it was, I mean, if that wasn't traumatic enough, well, that sucked. Um, but I then lost, oh boy. Oh. I thought it was going to be better about this. It's been a little bit of time. Um, I lost my brother. Um, so, you know, or maybe you don't, maybe you forget. I know, you know, I'm like the oldest of a lot, <laughs> a lot of children. Um, so my brother, um, that's funny. He was the baby when I was in like the preparatory component, right? Um, um, my brother was 26 years old and two, like a year and a half before his passing, he just started having seizures and um, it was completely, it was unclear why it, it, he literally, they did not diagnose him as an epileptic because it wasn't following the same triggers. It, it wasn't making any sense. He was, you know, on occasion trying to see um, neurologists, just, just trying to figure out what was wrong with him and no one could really identify it. I think on paper, he was diagnosed with epilepsy February of 2020 only because he ended up in a car accident and then they just wanted to have something in a system in a way so people could check for you know like seizures and such but like still like they still to this day you know I forget what they call it they were like a seizure what is it a seizure disorder that's that's what the technical term is on his his death certificate um but um and you know they increasingly got worse at the start of the year um you know, and then un unfortunately that last one, that was in July, that was July 15th, 2020. Um, and um, unfortunately his heart stopped. I think it's because he like ended up falling and hitting his head hard because um, he definitely had blood trauma as well. And um, unfortunately he, it was very quick. It was over six days. His, his brain function was declining. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately they, they, they called it six days later. Um, but even more, Sonia, even more, Sonia. Um, so a week before this, right. I also have another sister who, um, has lupus, who's a little older than him, or who's six years older than him. Um, and she had been declining during the pandemic as well. And of course it was difficult to try to get health services and such. She's a nurse and like, she was working in the, um, in the, um, the nursing homes and things. And literally like, people were like, get out <laughs> before, cause you're high risk, you know? And, you know, at the time when they're telling people not to wear masks and she was wearing masks at work and she's like, I'm supposed to be wearing masks at work all the time, 24 seven anyway, you can't tell me not to. And like literally the week that she stopped working, the next week, everything blew up. They told her it was there. You know, her health was already declining, color looking funny. So a week before my brother passed, we learned that she would have to go on dialysis. And she was a young, young woman. She was like, what, 30? Was she 30 at the time? Maybe 31, something young. She's got two young kids, you know, her boys at the time were like eight and, and three or something. You know, you're like, oh trauma 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 so we thought this was the maybe thought this was going to be the family drama um but you know unfortunately that happened with my brother and then of course you know he was a young somebody 26 
you know, like fit, fit, you know, cute. I mean, does that matter for anyone else, but just our own, you know, stroke our own ego, right? Like, but point is he's fit as a fiddle. And so the, the, the hospital, as, as they do with their due diligence, they approached us for um, um, organ donorship. Even though I don't even know the right way to say that, but we just to donate his organs. Um, which, as you can imagine, it was already like a horrible, terrible thing, you know, like my mom is a nurse. I don't know if I mentioned that. And she'd always said um, from I was young, like, I guess, because the first time she experienced someone passing in a way, it, it traumatized her where she was just like, if anything happened to any one of you guys, I'm not pulling anything, you know. Um, and so she waited until it was really officially brain dead. And then they asked that and so then the next thing that happened was um, because we had in our immediate family, we had my sister who was about to be on dialysis and my father who was on dialysis. So they had to be rushed to, um, it's called a directed directed donor or direct, directed donation, that's what it's called. So they had to get rushed to be on um, an organ transplant list and then rushed to do tests and things to see if they could be, um, if, if they were compatible. Um, and again, this is all like the days after, like, you know, um, and so like, you know, this is, it's usually, it's, it's, usually they don't put people in like, or next to each other that are family when they're doing like transplants. But once they heard what was happening at the place, they literally put my, my sister and my dad next to each other in the, in the hospital. And again, hospital time we're not allowed to visit any of these places. We could visit my brother when he was declining because he was on an end of life's list, which was horrible to hear somebody like I, yeah, like when we're coming in, they're like, oh no, no, they can go. They're on an end of life list. And you come in downstairs, you know, like at security, because again, it's COVID. They're, they're, they're shutting everybody down. What are you here for? No, you can't. No. Oh, your wife is having a baby. Sorry, you still got to wait here. Like goodbye. Tell her goodbye. You know, we'll tell you when, what. And you know, me and my, like, you know, I've got, I've got, I, I had, I'm one of six, both parents and I have three extra siblings. So like, there's a lot of us who were coming um, and they were like, yeah, you know, fine. So that was a little traumatic to hear. I mean, you know, even though you kind of sort of have an idea, but still like, you know, that was, that was, that was rough and tough. Um, but yeah, so my, my, um, what ended up happening is that my sister was compatible. And so then they would make preparations for her to have a transplant. And my father was not, but they ended up finding something wrong with his heart. So then he had heart surgery <laughs> that same weekend. Yeah. So in a matter of a week or like eight days, um, yeah, with a week, eight day, whatever it was, my father, my brother passed. My dad had heart surgery, and then we had to say goodbye to my brother officially, you know, because then we had to do the transplant. I'm so sorry, Shania. Every time I like would say it, it's just so like it's like movie business, you know. It's like movie shit. <laughs> it's so fantastical. It's like really all of this happened. And I was very grateful to my job for just, I mean, I've been there for a very long time. And as you can imagine, I'm like a dependable worker, right? Like I, you hardly ever toot your own horn or whatever, but they were like, just take care. And they let me take the time and literally to handle family. Cause um, then my other sister and I helped, you know, we like tag teamed 
watching my sister's children. And thankfully it was the summertime. So they just, I mean, it's already enough, you know, like those, those two, my, my brother was a big part of their lives. You know, my, my sister is a single mom and, you know, so they were really relying on my grandfather, my, my father, which is their grandfather and my, my other two brothers, you know, as the male influence and he was a big one for them. So like, that was just, you know, you, you just trying to deal with these babies and then it's like, you can't, you can't see your mom because <laughs> your mom's in the hospital recovering, you know, and it's just, it was a, you know, and then to plan the funeral, you know, because my mom checked out a bit and then back in and, you know, both of them, both of them were just like, uh, you know, they have a cantankerous relationship growing up my whole life. Right. <laughs> but it was it was sobering that, you know, the two of them. I mean, like, I can't, I can't imagine. I know how much it was, how horrible it was for me, for a family member, for my little brother, let alone for a child. So um, I did not expect to cry. I have told this story many times once I got back to work <laughs> and I've been really good, but, <laughs> you know, but um, I don't know, I guess some, some would be with um, quasi family, right? Like we, we, we've been through a, a thing together. So yeah. <laughs> We're extra familiar. But um, we met each other, I guess I was 13 in prep nine. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we reconnected in college. I guess I was like, but you're you're a year younger than me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I, I was. I was probably 19 and you were 18. I was at Smith and you were at Amherst and we yeah, yeah, man. Probably, like connected to like a Drew House party. All these things. It's just like, you know, when you're with the family, when you're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I really <sighs> you let your work guard down. <laughs> no, um, I interviewed but, a poet and I was crying. Um, oh my gosh. What happened? Oh my goodness. The Wi-Fi just stopped. What was that sound? Yes. Why did it do that? Is it the whole apartment? Is it the whole apartment? No. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Um, you know. So like I said, we we started in an apartment. Um, we're here, so it's me, my husband, and my two young children. Um, and I, like I said, one of my children, he um, he is on the spectrum, so special needs, needs other things, takes certain things more in care. Um, so like the fact that we were all stuck in an apartment, <laughs> I mean, like I know a lot of people had. Had, had had all kinds of drama. I kept hearing from my coworkers like they're gonna come out as alcoholics and divorced. But you know, it it was kind of discouraging to hear all that. But um, something else that helped my my husband and I get through. Like, uh, you know, we make the joke, or other people are like, oh, I guess you, you guys are both Virgos, or not Virgos. Excuse me, you guys are both Libras, so maybe that's it. Um, I'm a Virgo Libra cusp, so this is probably like you know, uh, you know, we try to be fair, hear each other out, but like communication, like talk about stress tests. This was like a huge stress test between both things being stuck 24 seven and dealing with, um, you know, just raising children and all that takes care with it. Um, so like the communication part of it to really like hear people out like that, that, like finding the value in that and then really trying to have that sense of partnership with someone that that really helped as well, too. And like if 
you know, if I can help out my peoples, you know, I can, I can go in more depth another time, but because um, I know you have to leave, but I just wanted to put that there as well too. Couldn't get through this and past it without, without like, you know, both between my husband and I, like we were, you know, fighting fairly, listening to each other, hearing each other out, like agreeing to disagree, and but, but still trying to come, both coming to be like, we want to have a resolution and like, you know, especially amidst in real life where so many people weren't listening to each other. They were just waiting to hear someone speak, you know, and not really trying to listen. Like, you know, oh, it was harrowing at times. And like, we bought a house during this time too. So that, that, whew, it was, it was, it went back and forth. So, I mean. You bought a house during the pandemic? We bought a house during the pandemic. Yeah. Like. Did you visit it and like. Did yes. You know, like, yeah. No, no, no. We visited. We, we 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 visited at some point. We booked and we would we would one and one do it so that one person could be with the kids and then the other person could. But um, but yeah, you know, we we absolutely. Yeah. So we did a stressful thing <laughs> in a stressful time on top of stressful. So you know, everything was a strangle This disagreements. <laughs> But, um, you know, that whole, like, part of trying to have effective communication, like, trying to actually listen and come to a place, like, that definitely, I, like, that helped, you know, where I could be smiling in front of you instead of, like, miserable and, and such amidst all of the things that I told you had happened during that time. So that's something else just want to have out there. Thank you for bringing that up, because I remember in the news, it said that there was a high... Um, rate of divorces and I know of at least two divorces that occurred and so when you talk about effective communication and listening to each other and wanting to be fair that's that's really important to keeping a relationship yeah and you know and and you you get tested when you're stressed like if anyone anyone you're you're not you're not necessarily your best self when you're stressed you know um and and there's just you know at work they give you management tools they try to teach you <laughs> but like in regular life like no one's really you know uh, <laughs> no giving you that you know um That's so and, true like at work because i teach and i'll say well what do what are we trying to accomplish how do you feel right now how do you think they feel but in your relationship i'm not asking them so what are we trying to accomplish it's like hello you should know get over it <laughs> what's wrong with you why don't you think like i think like you know like you know and again during stress so you know i just i just wanted to highlight that too and just really really just kind of give, 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 yeah. give kudos of like no i that's another appreciation that i i, I left out of this horrible crazy experience oh, thank you actually can i let my cousin in? you two can meet and then you can yeah, sure <laughs> we're all Jamaican so I'm my mom's Jamaican her mom's her, her parents both her parents are Jamaican so it's just like it'll be like so, a, so you understand what I mean it's like just keep it not to say keep it moving and not act like anything happened but it's like we don't have no time for nothing like I, you want to have a breakdown we don't have no time for a breakdown we gotta go do whatever we gotta go do now like <laughs> yeah it's like go to work hello hi Hello. how do I turn on my video Hey, oh, hey. Wow. Okay, so What's Mikita, up? Um, this is Shanina. <laughs> I know her from college. Um, and Even before college, really. Before, like junior <laughs> high, yeah. Back, I think I was like 14 and she was 13. Um, oh, wow. And, and Shanina, Makiba's my cousin. Um, girl, I can't even yes. think of how cousins, <laughs> but we're Jamaican cousins. Some, um, right, so we're 
connected and <laughs> you know we're family's family yes, exactly yes. <laughs> whether it's first third whatever whatever it's all there well good to meet you Makiba hello nice to meet you too yes excellent another time maybe you know further out when we all can go grab us something whether it's a bite or a whatever you know oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks Janina thank you for having me all righty until later bye bye Bye. Thanks for your time, Akiba. Thank you for listening to my latest interview in the Oral History Project, Black America in COVID. In my next interview, I will speak with my cousin, Akiba, who, after we spoke, I realized that she coincidentally has the same last name as my friend, Shanina. They're both Robinsons. Both their parents are from Jamaica. I'm unsure of any relation. Thank you. My name is Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID.